0: Oh, White Sox fans, how you guys doing tonight? Well, I hope you are feeling at least a little bit better about how the White Sox are uh, doing. Uh, seeing that they are putting a hurting on the Blue Jays tonight. Um, Lance Lynn looking like the guy that we were hoping we were going to get. And, uh, you know, he still gave up a, a two run shot, but, you know, overall, not too bad. My name is Ian Eskrich. I am here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny?
1: Uh, doing very well. Uh, you know, enjoying some uh, White Sox baseball on this Monday evening. And uh, I gotta say, you know, you're uh, you're you're telling our viewers and our listeners that you hope uh, they're enjoying the way the team has been playing lately. But I can say, sitting here in front of you on your screen that uh, I definitely am enjoying what I'm seeing from the bats here as of late. Uh, And, you know, it just looks like uh, Timmy Anderson comes back tonight and is a shot in the arm, especially against a team like the Blue Jays that uh, the White Sox have faced three times already this year and uh, came away winless and didn't really score a whole lot of runs during that first uh, matchup in that series. So uh, really good to see them get out on uh, Jose Barrios early in the game and, have Timmy get on base to start the game off. Right off, uh, we have two or three pitches into the game here tonight. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty fantastic. How you doing, man? How was your Father's Day yesterday? Uh,
0: it was nice. Um, <clears throat> I got a fresh new, uh, fresh new Baron's hat, which was uh, really nice. Uh, I also got this uh, fantastic uh, T-shirt, which I am wearing right now. Very nice. Half send. <laughs> we never full send. We half send. Um, somebody needs <laughs> to. Uh, Somebody needs to give that shirt to Joe McEwing. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, had, you know, that's funny. The first thing that thought came through my mind, actually.
0: Yeah, we had, uh, we had a nice dinner, uh, talked to my parents down in North Carolina. It was good. You know, spent some time with the family, went and saw the new, uh, Dr. Strange movie, which I oh, loved.
1: Fantastic. I have, <clears throat> uh, been, my wife and I have been talking about going to see that ourselves.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, very pleased with it. Um, it's very, uh, it's a very dark movie, and uh, Sam Raimi directed it, so uh, it's got some, uh, almost some uh, evil dead feel to it um, in certain parts. And uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody if anybody hasn't seen it, but it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. I was pretty happy with it.
1: Yeah, I've been told by uh, other folks that have seen it that you can. There are definitely certain parts of the movie where you go, "Yep, there's Sam Raimi. There he is." You just you can feel it and see it in the uh, in the in the in the in the in the whole feel of, of what a particular scene, which is always nice because I am a, a big fan of uh, Mr. Raimi. So, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know when we're going to get out there and uh, check it out, but uh, looking forward to going to see it. I definitely want to check it out in the theater on the big screen.
0: Yeah, that was that was the main thing is that I wanted to make sure that I got out to see it before it disappeared from the theaters cuz I did not want to be, you know, I've got a nice TV downstairs and everything, but uh the last thing I wanted to be doing was, you know, watching that on a, you know, a 65-inch TV or whatever, I, which I yeah, still haven't. As opposed
1: uh, to like a sixty-five foot TV you know, screen. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I'd much rather. Uh, I mean, you know, the the TV downstairs is four K, but I still have yet to actually get anything that does anything in four K. So, um, yeah, you know, it's not. Uh, it, yeah, I'm. You know, if you get Disney Plus, you get the uh, the Ultra HD uh, movies. And uh, I have yet to watch one in Ultra HD because I just don't. I don't have the the 4K uh, Apple TV. So, yeah,
1: well, I will say that uh, I don't have a 4K Apple TV, but I've got myself a really nice TV, and some of those Disney Plus uh, movies do come through. They do look good. So they do look yeah, good for did. sure.
0: It's just you know I don't I don't have the the 4K ability yet. So I, at some point I'm gonna have to uh, go ahead and grab the apple tv 4k i just haven't done it yet i mean i could do it from my pc but i just don't wanna (laughs) well there you go yeah it's too much of a pain you know um yeah 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 so uh one thing i want to get into tonight is the lucas giolito start from the
1: astros game uh this week i knew this was coming at some point i just didn't know when i didn't think we were gonna go right there but you know let's go ahead and i mean you know since we're honest let's get it out of the way
0: yeah i I don't want to harp on it you know and he said that he was working on some mechanical issues and uh i I don't know here we go i don't know if that's the the main reason for what's going on you know i i'm not sure if that's the uh the main reason why he's not locating like he, you know, like we hope that he, or how about this, how he should, if you're going to call him the ace of the team. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, It's definitely not what you want to see from him, you know, Uh, trying to get this team rolling. And now as the offense starts to, click a little bit you know you've got a couple of the pitchers not clicking and uh michael Kopeck's knee you know he's throwing 93 mile an hour fastballs yesterday um you know which sure fine I, I don't have any problem you know if he's slightly injured that's fine and uh you know i discussed it with nick on uh, locked on socks you know it's Lance Lynn's got a six ERA against the Astros in the last couple of years. So not exactly who I want facing the Astros if I, if I can avoid it. And so I was happy that Kopech was deemed healthy enough to go out and make that start. Uh, the unfortunate bit was that you've got the Crawford boxes, which are 335 feet away or whatever. Uh, It's like 315, actually, right down the line there. I mean. It's
1: not good. Uh, (laughs) No. And then to see him go and do what he did after having a moment. And, uh, you know, he goes into the dugout and he strikes something is uh, the word. You know, it was the only word that we got was something. They didn't say what, but using your pitching hand because you are unhappy to hit something is probably not the smartest way to approach things. So, you know, luckily, you know, we're hearing that there's no serious injuries fine, but, you know, tough to see those frustrations come out like that. And then, you yeah. know, you go and you, you punch something, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I would say it was not, uh, one of his finer moments for sure. Uh, yeah. you, you have to control yourself better than that. You know, I, I tell my kid that, you know, you have to control yourself while you're out there and it's what in, what's in between your ears, you know, almost, uh, you know, as equal to your skill half the time. You know, when you're playing at a level like that, you have to be able to figure out what's going on in between the ears to use what's, you know, what you're doing on the outside with everything else, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was not... Um, not my favorite part of the season so far, but, uh, you know, apparently everything came out okay and he's, you know, there's no injuries or anything like that. It's just a, you know, a stupid, unfortunate thing that had, you know, that happened. Um, but, uh, on the more positive side of things, Johnny Cueto, um, yeah. You know I the, one of the things is about the about the Astros is that there's they're a really good fastball hitting team and it' uh, it's not his main thing you know I, I mean I I'm assuming I, if I was to look up his percentages I haven't looked at his percentages on baseball savant so I would assume that his fastball is probably up there in usage um, but it's not uh, He's not relying on his fastball to to get guys out. So
1: no, it's actually a setup pitch. Yeah, he, he uses it more to setup pitch, and, and he's been locating really well this season. And uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit before on past shows. But the the thing that I see from Johnny Cueto that you know he's always been kind of known for is keeping hitters off pace, off balance with his pace. You know that quick pitch comes into play, uh, the different, you know, goofy movements in the different uh, deliveries. Every single pitch seems to be, you know, a different timing on his, his delivery and his motion. And, you know, it, it really looked like it was on over the weekend. He really looked like uh, he had guys fooled with those different timings and different deliveries that he does. And the, you know, the little shimmies and, and things that we see out of him when. Those times where he almost turns his back on the batter, you know, and it's, it's definitely less pronounced than it, than it was earlier in his career, but still, I mean, it gives batters fits and, uh, you know, it makes me nothing more than giddy, like a schoolgirl to watch him do that little shoulder shimmy and just leave somebody standing there staring at a meatball right down the middle. It is, uh, it is, it, it, it makes me giggle just a little bit. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I, you know, before he came up and he was doing it in Charlotte and these poor, these poor kids, you know, never seen anything like Johnny Cueto out there, you know, him doing his little, his little shimmy and everything. And these poor, you know, like 23 year old kids are just watching these, you know, 83 mile an hour (laughs) pitches come right down the middle and they're just watching it straight into the glove and they just can't pull the trigger on it. And it's awesome to see. And, you know, it continues up with the white Sox as well. And his command has been, like you said, it's been pretty stinking good. So, um, you know, he was able to put out some innings. Uh, so, you know, on Saturday, so, you know, it's, uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy with the signing. I, I kind of figured when I was watching him in Charlotte, I was like, you know, he looks pretty good. Um, he might actually be worth, uh, you know, worth having on the staff. Um, and it's turned out pretty good. I mean, you know, it, who knows how long it'll continue, but, uh, you know, he was fairly decent last year as well. You know, you don't expect him to be one of those guys that's, uh, allowing, you know, no runs to the Astros in seven innings. Um, but you know,
1: I- I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you shut down one of the better hitting teams in baseball, uh, and that is no small feat. And uh, he did it quite handily. You know, he handled that team like he just, you know, he's got a different air of confidence about him than I've seen out of him in the last few years. And, and you know, this might be an extension of, like you said, last season where, you know, he looked pretty, you know, I mean, he, he was no uh, stellar Cy Young award vote get or anything but very solid season last year and uh, it just seems to carry over into this year and right now with a White Sox team that started out with a strong staff and like you said is you know there's a few guys that are struggling and thank God for the offense coming around finally here and a few you know we're, we're on a week and a half almost two weeks now of consistent lineups for the most part you know we get that weird one every now and again where you know, Tony wants to sit a couple of guys all at the same time. It's time to give half the, the team a rest. But, uh, you know, aside from those little snafus that you go, well, this isn't going to work. And then it doesn't. You know what I mean? Aside from that, the offense has been rolling here the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, the pitching has had some issues. And when you got a guy like Johnny Cueto that can step in and do what he's been doing, you know, what do you say? Why you can't even say anything to that other than kudos? Yep. You know, and, and good job by the front office of recognizing that this guy still got something in the take, you, uh, you know, and, and, and be a contributor on this team right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, the fact that he took over for Kopech, uh, when Kopech had that, that issue, um, you know, after I, then, Reynaldo came in for an inning and, uh, a third, does that sound right? An inning and a third. I think that's what it was. Um, Yeah. He came out and pitched for five innings and, uh, you know, he wasn't ready to start and, um, that wasn't his day. And, uh, he came out and he, you know, showed, showed guts, you know, came out there and he's just like, I'll do whatever it takes to to get this team to the end of this game. And, uh, that's also really awesome. You know, I mean, the fact that he trains with Reynaldo Lopez and Reynaldo Lopez and him seem to get along really, really well. And, um, You know, it seems like he is clearly a pretty good influence on, you know, on these guys with work ethic and just the ability to be able to pitch without velocity. Um, I think that it'll, you know, assuming that he sticks around, which I don't see why he wouldn't, nice, nice Raylo, Um, you know, assuming that he sticks around, which I think that he should because with the way things have been going this year, you can't count on anybody to not get injured.
1: No, the carousel of injuries just does not seem to end. It is an absolute nightmare. I mean, and when I say carousel, I have a picture in my head <laughs> of uh, of of the merry-go-round, but in like some, you know, B level, you know, 80s horror movie you know like i don't know like a killer clowns from outer space type of carousel you know what i mean where the music is just kind of off pitch and off key a little bit and just sounds evil because that's really what this it feels like the carousel of injuries is it's an evil evil cloud hanging over this team right now
0: yeah it's been pretty ugly you know um so you know one thing that uh is of concern is uh Alloy down in Charlotte. Um TA makes his triumphant return today and upon his uh first at bat sprays one to right field and he's on base and he scores a run. Um so his his rehab stint was uh swift. Um that is not a word that I would use as a uh, an adjective to describe Alloy's rehab stint um we are looking at uh, i think it's eight weeks now that he's been out um so clearly you know that's not that is not great um he's supposed to start uh i think he's supposed to dh tomorrow if i remember correctly from what han said earlier today and uh they're gonna start and try and get him back and back rolling again and he's already had... What, is this uh, the,
1: the third time now it'll that will be the bringing third, him?
0: Yeah, it'll be the third time that he's he's getting back out there and Restarting starting to rehab, rehab again. Friend. Yeah, he's been shut down twice. Um, one time was uh, in his first game, I believe, in his first hit, he uh aggravated it on his way to first base, and uh, I'm not entirely sure what the issue was with... Uh, the second time he got shut down here because he was, you know, he got gotten on base and he was playing the outfield and I didn't see him pull up lame or anything like that. But, uh, you know, they shut him down again. I'm sure that there was some sort of, uh, tightness, tenderness there, and they wanted to give him more time to, uh, continue to work through it. You know, I mean, we're going on, I mean, you know, it's halfway more than halfway through June. It's almost July. Um, I heard that uh, he said that he was shooting for, uh, you know, hopefully July to come back. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the later half of July. Um, yeah. Just I almost, this at, this point,
1: at this point, I'd almost think like, you know, let's not even push it until after the break, to be honest with you. Uh, his bat is pretty important to this lineup, uh, you know, say what you will about his defense and, and his woes in the outfield. But, you know, when he's healthy and the bat's on, it's big. And uh, the White Sox could definitely use it, regardless of them putting up the runs they're putting up right now. Uh, when you do have the pitching woes that you have, putting up seven, eight, nine, ten 10 runs might be the way to win games, you know, at the moment, especially when you've got a couple of guys that are, you know, banged up, hurting. You know, we see Lance Lynn just coming off of the uh, the IL recently. Uh, his first game was a little shaky uh, at best. Uh, looked really good tonight, but you know, when you've got a knee thing going on, you know that's not necessarily going to stay that way. And now you got Michael Kopek going out there and having his struggles and punching things, and you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where you you, you know that you got to keep this offense rolling in order to win games. Um, so you, you just kind of hope that. The White Sox, too, take their time with Alloy. Uh, I'm really kind of, you know, just like most White Sox fans, getting really tired of hearing about this guy being hurt. You know, well, we get all of the thanks, Cubs, uh, Jason Panetti sound bites, you know, over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, that, that's all fine and dandy. It's fun when he's hitting. But uh, when he's shelved like he is right now, there's really not a lot to thank them for. And, uh, you know, you just hope that they – I would per- per- personally prefer to see him not come back until after the all-star break, where I know he's at least, you, you hope, 100% at that point.
0: Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at at this point. I, I just want him to come back and be able to to play. I mean, you know, Mancada comes back after his okay. uh, IL stint, and he goes five for six, and it looks like he's finally he's back. You know, he's his, you know, his oblique had been fine for a while and, uh, you know, the results weren't coming, but finally the results come and what happens like the very next day, you know, he comes up with a hammy and it's just like, come on, man. You know, it's like, how many injuries can this team possibly have? Well, yeah. Ian, I'll
1: tell you. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, uh, the funny thing is, is we did this all last season where we talked about next man up and next man up and next man up. And here we are yet again. And luckily the White Sox have had a couple of those next men up that really have filled in some roles well. You know, Tim Anderson, like you said, was out since uh, May 30th, comes back for his first time tonight. Danny Mendick really filled that role well. Uh, a bunch of multi-hit games really just looked kind of, you know, like he uh, – was going to be a solid contributor to the team and he was. This this whole time that uh TA was out really kind of keep them help keep them in the games I should say. Uh you got Jake Berger who's who's stepped up and has been able to play some third base for Yoan Moncada during his uh absences and you know as he works through some of these aches and pains and really he's going out there and he's hitting the ball well. Uh Andrew Vaughn taking over as the team's DH. You know, we are seeing less and less of him in the field, which you and I have been calling for for a long time. That uh, is nothing. Uh, no, and you know, it, in earlier in tonight's broadcast, it, you know, and I'm talking about Monday night if you're listening on the podcast, but Monday night, uh, you know, Jason and Steve had brought up with uh, their guest that they had in the booth with them tonight, had brought up the fact that uh, you know just how hard it is to be a, a DH in the in professional baseball uh, and, you know, to kind of stay focused on that. And Andrew Vaughn, you know, I'm happy to say I was wrong about uh, him needing a little bit more time to uh, find it. And, uh, you know, he's proved us wrong. Yeah. Very well, well.
0: I mean, I would say that he didn't really prove us wrong because last year he struggled last year. He could not well, use that time. You know what I'm saying? He,
1: he could have, you're right. And he did hinder them in the, down the, the the final stretch last year.
0: Yeah, I'm just glad Indeed. that he doesn't doesn't look like that, you know, like he did at the end of last year. This year,
1: right? You know, and that's and, I guess what I was getting at. What I'm yeah. saying, I'm I'm happy to be wrong about that. Uh, you know, and that brings me up to AJ Pollock. You know, we lost him for a little bit. You know, early on in the season, he came back. You know, he was hot before he went down. He comes back, struggles for a little bit, and now just seems to be finding something uh again a bunch of multi-hit games i think in the last 10 games he's hitting like 380 and his his obp is you know ridiculous and you know he's got his uh he's got a slugging percentage up over 400 on the season so you know and i wouldn't necessarily call him the next man up but uh he was a guy that was you know brought in to fill a hole that was uh glaringly apparent Before the season started. So, you know, you kind of get tired of talking about these next man up a little bit. But at the same time, the Sox have been lucky to have guys to keep them at least afloat during that period with all these injuries.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, like uh, one of the things that White Sox fans. Hey, Xavier, how you doing? I just wanted to say, hey, I see you. I don't want to ignore you. So hello, sir. Good to see you. Thank you for uh, popping in. Good evening. Um, that's one of the things that the White Sox have been famous for, uh, infamous for, uh, in the last, you know, decade is just a, 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 lack of depth in the organization. And, uh, the fact that they can bring these guys up like a Jake Berger, a Danny Mendick, you know, that they're actually producing guys who are useful on the major league level is a step in the right direction for the White Sox because Absolutely. there was a long period of time where they could not do that. And that was always their shortcoming because when somebody like uh, obviously not Yoan Mankata, but, you know, when somebody like that a run producer, a guy who's supposed to be one of the guys who's driving the offense when he would disappear crickets, you know, nobody to replace them. And, you know, you end up bringing up the dregs of minor league baseball, uh, guys who at best were triple-A players.
1: Right. Not even quad-A guys. Yeah. Triple-A guys that just – and many of them fell flat on their faces the minute they stepped into a major league ballpark.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, just the, the injury thing with this team has just been absurd. And, uh, you know, you hope that at some point, uh, that it's just going to fix itself. But I mean, with how often we're talking about this, I, I, I just don't know if it's, if that's in the cards, you know, if that's going to happen.
1: So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it is uh, it is a topic that is uh, a bit of a stinger, you know, when you talk about the amount of injuries that just seem to keep piling up on the south side. But uh, you know, we have been fortunate, but at the same time, you know, as fortunate as they've been with these guys that come up, you'd rather see the team that was put together and built to be the competitor that we've all been sold for so long. Uh, and you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of that team completely together. Over the last couple seasons, yet so, you know, let's just get Aloy back healthy, uh, and we'll kind of, you know, hopefully they'll they'll take uh, they'll take note of where they are when that happens and make the moves that are necessary to uh, continue this push towards the postseason. You know, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of folks out there that are you know going to say, oh, you know, I told you it was early. I told you it was early. Well, it's not really that early. They're just <laughs> fortunate enough to be in a division that's attainable. Yeah. Because there are some other divisions, if they were in right now, there are runaways. Oh, yeah, they'd be 15, and, 20 uh, games back almost. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, uh, that is really probably the most fortunate thing for the for the White Sox it, with this injury debacle that they've been seeing the last couple of years is that they do play in a very weak central. So, uh, having said that, you know, this team, if it gets healthy for the second half of the season, could be one that catches lightning in a bottle and goes a long way. But, uh, you know, a lot of that hinges on, uh, the hall of famer baseball person doing the things that he needs to do. And as of late, he's been doing those things much better. So one can only hope I do not want to jinx it.
0: (laughs) I, yeah. I mean, we've gone over the fact that, uh, we weren't exactly sure whether or not he's the one who's actually making these lineups, but, um, yeah, things have looked a lot better as of late. Uh, not a whole lot of, uh, over the top silly stuff happening which has been nice um so Reynaldo, come on buddy um yeah i you know here's something um I speak about the depth of the of the organization and um the white sox decided to bring up uh, Adam hazley from uh from triple a uh, to fill in for, uh, perceivably I guess to uh, fill in for Moncada being, you know, on the uh, IL if that were to happen. Oh, nice play, Reynaldo. Way to I, go! Oof, man, that was tough. That was I he was I was afraid that he was going to throw that away. Um, he almost he, did. He did. Um, <laughs> But you know they, they bring up Hazley and uh, he goes 0 for four with three Ks the other night, um, and you know he's hitting 365 or something like that in AAA. And Engel uh, up here is hitting 226 and uh, six six seventy OPS or something along those lines, six forty OPS. Some not good. How about that? Um, it's nice to see him get a hit earlier and uh it would be nice to see him to you know start to straighten himself out because he was supposed to be the fourth outfielder extraordinaire. And uh he has managed to keep himself healthy, which is one of those things that we had talked about. I mean, granted it's only mid-June, but as of this point, you know, he's managed to keep himself healthy. Um it would be nice to be able to get some production out of right field, even if it's Engel and not Hazley. And you know, I you know I have made myself uh I have made myself fairly uh well heard that I would like to see Tyler Nestlone get a chance. Um I feel like he is being unfairly buried in triple A or in double A, rather. Um, but, you know, but I've also mentioned that, you know, this team, you know, they had Luis Robert play, you know, 60 games or whatever in AAA. So are they really going to let Tyler Nesloney skip AAA? I mean, I guess that they have less invested in Tyler Nesloney, so it wouldn't be as, a, uh, as big a risk uh, organizationally to do that. Uh, because they don't have a giant investment or aren't trying to make a giant investment in him. But yeah, I mean,
1: re- they really, when you say not take a giant investment, I mean, he was an under the radar kind of pickup from uh, it was the Braves organization. I yeah. believe. No. Yep. Yeah. So I, you know, it just one of those things where why not throw him out there to the wind and see what happens. You know what I mean? Not that I want to see them, you know, push a guy in, and ruin his career, but, uh, when someone's doing the things that he's doing, continues to do those things, let's give him get our shot. Yeah, I mean we're going on yeah. a year of him hitting three fifty plus with like a
0: eight hundred and something OPS. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why is he still sitting in double A? He should have at least started the year in A And instead, right? And it's trade. not like there's
1: anybody there that should be blocking him. Yeah, I mean, there's. The, I mean, you know, it's not like A is loaded with amazing all star outfielders down there.
0: Yeah, I mean they didn't even uh, want to keep like it also.
1: Right, Right. Although Mike Rodolfo is is he's uh, you know, he's had some ups and downs down there, but he's he's been more up than down, I would say in my personal opinion. Yeah. Made a great play the other day. Was it yesterday? He did. Yeah, that dive and catch. I think
0: was that yesterday?
1: It's either yesterday, yesterday or Saturday.
0: Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think it was Saturday cuz I think that that was the uh Eh, Maybe not. Maybe it was Sunday because it was thirteen to eleven, and he. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Saturday because. Uh, yeah, he. Yes, it was in the uh, eighth inning of Saturday's game because the play that saved saved the game, the game. game, Well, I mean, he's the one who let it not get completely out of hand because they were down. I think five to three at that point. Um, The play yesterday that I was thinking of was also in the eighth inning, and it was uh, Blake Rutherford to Remillard to Xavier Fernandez playing catcher who stopped the uh the bleeding at 11 runs in the 8th inning which uh allowed the uh the Knights to uh finish with a 13-11 win after they were up 13 to 2.
1: Right. Yeah. So um but yeah, I mean it's not like any of these guys really are doing, you know, if if these guys were crushing at AAA we probably would have seen one or two of them make their way up at some point this year when injuries were happening. They have not aside from Adam Hazley, We have not seen uh, an outfielder come up from triple a this season. So, you know, at the very least Tyler, Tyler Nesloni should have moved up to triple a because really who's holding him back from, from making that move.
0: That's exactly my point As I, I you know, we we've had, we had this conversation last time, Uh, You know, just about the fact that the the White Sox keep on holding on to all these guys and it's not allowing other guys to advance and they don't want to move guys back. So, you know, it's like if you don't want to move them backwards in the org, then get rid of them when they get to the top and you know that they're not going to help you on the major league level. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we, I don't understand why we are consistently talking about this exact same thing, saying, oh, well, we can't do that with him because he's blocked. Blocked by who? Right. Stop making so much sense, Ian. Yeah, stop. I, Just I stop. Mean, stop it. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I get, you know, like, I I was, I was fairly harsh about the, uh, the Yolbert Sanchez thing with Danny Mendick. And of course, Danny Mendick's making me look like an idiot. Um, by Which is up. fine
1: as long as somebody's doing something.
0: Yeah, fair enough. You know, but I mean, judging by what we had seen, uh, thanks for the uh, uh, Xavier says thanks. Uh, congrats on 4K on Twitter. We are chasing 900 on Facebook. Goal is 1K by season's end. Fantastic, nice job, Xavier. Yeah, we've been working very, with, uh, very well
1: done with the uh, Facebook page. Xavier uh, leading the way on the Facebook page, and our very own Mister Ian Eskridge leading the way on the uh, the Twitter feed. Yeah, so, I'm
0: hoping that... Uh, thank you both. Yeah, I'm hoping we can keep on grinding on both of those and just start getting the numbers up. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going. You know, it's not uh, at breakneck speed, but it's still going. We're grinding uh, progressively towards 5K, which is uh, one of those things uh, that I've been looking forward to for a while, hoping that we could, you know, eventually get there, and it's... It's uh, creeping up pretty quick, well, actually.
1: I got to tell you, you, you know, we went from uh, 2,500 to 3,000, and we were looking at this got to only be about a month and a half, two months ago. Yeah. We got to be up about 1,500 in the last two months here. So Something like that, yeah. So, yeah, nice. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, sharing and retweeting, th- those of you that do it. We appreciate that. We appreciate all the comments. Uh, and, you know, continue to do that. Please tell your friends call your husbands call your wives <laughs>
0: well you know um uh yeah so i don't know the the, the whole minor league thing you know is is kind of one of those um things that uh frustrates all baseball fans i think um you know i've got people uh commenting on uh colson montgomery uh, tweets wow. saying
1: "Bring him up,"
0: and uh, uh, he's in.
1: Uh, he's in a ball. He has yeah, a ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You
0: know, which hey, you know, kudos to him. He's. Uh, Why well, I think he's on twenty nine game uh, on base streak now. Um, he had a not one,
1: easy to do at any level.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter what level you're in. You know, like when Wander Franco did it for the Tampa Bay Rays, everybody was. Uh, you know head over heels in love with the dude. And, uh, you know, with Colson Montgomery, it's kind of more of the same. I'm, I don't know where he's going to end up on the top 100 prospects list, but I know that he's going to end up on it.
1: Um, yeah, for sure.
0: You know, I, I, the whole thing about, uh, him not being drafted because he was 19 years old and, uh, him being old for a prep player, uh, it just makes it look all the more silly now uh with him just going out there and always on base always on base um i think yesterday he went 3 for 4 um and the day before he had you know the guy's always walking or or getting a hit always I mean, yeah. I guess one time he did make it uh, continue the on base per you know on on base streak by getting hit by a pitch, but you know
1: the fact he's got a matter, nose for the base path. Yeah, he's got a nose for the base path, and you know what? I don't care how you do it. If you got to take one for the team, then so be it. You got to take one for the team, and uh, you know as long as you don't get drilled in a place where you're you're going to be out for you know. Oh, and let's knock on wood on that one because, you know, how this White Sox team is. But, uh, you know, just keep up the good work, kid. That's all I got to say. He's a lot of fun uh, to watch. You know, I uh, don't have a subscription to MILB TV, but uh, I do catch a lot just from uh, the great work that you do by making sure that we uh, we get those videos up on uh, YouTube and uh, Twitter. So, yeah, uh, really enjoyable to watch this kid play baseball, and he's he's got that bit of fiery attitude in him as well, too. That you know, this team seems to be embracing more and more.
0: Yeah, um, I you know, he's a player. Um, not that I ever doubted that he was, but uh, you know, the fact that he he dropped so far in the draft, um, seeing that he does have that. Uh, first round pedigree, and seeing him out there putting up huge on base streaks. Meanwhile, guys that were drafted ahead of him are hitting one thirty-five. You know, or still in the ACL. I think I think one or two of them are still in the ACL. Uh, the, I mean, the fact that he's just out there and doing it and grinding on it, and Kath as well. Uh, Kath, you know his his glove. Has been uh, pretty rough so far this year. I think he's got something like 16 errors, uh, you know. Which Montgomery's got nine, so it's not like, you know, either one of them are flashing uh, Ozzy Smith or Nolan Arenado over there. Oh, you get, oh, you got that Twinkie, get that Twinkie. Um, you know, it's not not like either one of them looks need, like. Uh, a,
1: what's that? Monday, you I'm on the Yuan diet. <laughs> Twinkies baby.
0: Yeah, okay, fine. I'll order some Dominos and drink some uh some orange Fanta. So, I'll do there the I'll do the Luis Robert, you do the Yoan Moncada. Well, we're still here at the top of the 8th 8 to 5. So, speaking of uh our earlier talk about injuries, um Liam Hendricks shared with uh Darryl Van Scowen the other day that he has had a partial UCL tear for a few like for years now.
1: Yeah, and, I think he said something like fourteen years.
0: Yeah, um, I don't really know what to say about that, other than I find it very odd that he's had a partial UCL tear for years, and you know how that. I assume that that has to complicate contract negotiations because
1: obviously everybody has to know about it. I mean, it's not like he tried to hide it. He brought it out, in plain daylight himself. And uh, you would think that as a team signing him, you got to be like waiting for this thing to just pop at some point.
0: Uh, I mean, wouldn't you think that it just eventually it's going to? Uh, I mean, well, when you're I, you know, ninety-eight I miles mean, an hour.
1: As a White Sox fan, yes, I would think that it's going to. Uh, He wouldn't even have to have.
0: He wouldn't even have to have a partial tear, and I would still expect (laughs) it to happen. I guess.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, who are you? So, I heard it mentioned, and you know, we're seeing Graveman here in the eighth. Um, I'm assuming that uh, because what I heard was that Joe Kelly was possibly going to be the one that was going to be taking over the closer role while Liam was uh, out with this injury. Um, how do you see now? I had immediately thought of Graveman being that guy because he was that guy in Seattle well. last year. And uh, I mean, I know that uh, Joe Kelly has done it before, um, but He's generally
1: a setup guy. Yeah. Has he ever done it like full time for uh, even a season? I don't think he has. I don't think so. Whereas Graveman has done it, I think, twice in his career where he's been a closer for a a full season. So, yeah, I find that odd myself. Yeah. I immediately thought it would be Graveman closing out games. And then, you know, not only that, we see, you know, since he's since uh, Liam's been gone, we've seen Reynaldo do it a couple of times as well.
0: You know, Granted, maybe that was with bigger situations. leads,
1: but yeah. Yeah, not in safe situations, but still, you know, coming into the ninth to shut it down. Uh, you know, I guess maybe, you know, because it's not a safe situation, you don't exactly call him a closer, but bringing him in the ninth inning, you know, you, no matter who it is, you got to have confidence that they can get the job done. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand that, the, the thought on that, especially since Joe Kelly is, you know, also just returning from injury. So, you know, it's, I find it a little strange.
0: And, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, like, personally, like, I am a, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Joe Kelly guy. I like Joe Kelly a lot. Um, I just, you know, like, like you, I, I just find it odd that he's the one who's getting those save opportunities. It just i don't know i'll just say like i just i found i found it kind of odd personally you know um but you know whatever we'll we'll see what happens um because we're you know unless the uh unless the white Sox put up um a bunch of runs here in the bottom of the eighth um you're looking at a safe situation in the ninth and uh I guess we're going to be seeing Joe Kelly out there unless, uh, for whatever reason, the uh, HOF uh, b-ball guy decides to uh, have Graveman do a two-inning save. Um, So, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, Should be interesting. Um, Matt Gage in for the Toronto Blue Jays. Four pitch mix throws a changeup 1.5 percent of the time. When a guy throws a changeup 1.5 percent of the time, do you really consider it a four pitch mix? I mean, you yeah, no. technically have to, but if the guy throws, you know, one curveball in a year, as Giolito threw like seven or eight of them, you know, a couple of years ago, uh. Do you really call it a, a four-pitch mix? I kind of don't think so.
1: No. No, and it's funny that you bring up uh, Giolito and his curveball. Uh, I saw this brought up on Twitter the other day about Giolito's curveball usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on his – and that was something that was talked about when he was coming up. Through the system before he ever made the major leagues, he's got this devastating put away curveball, and we saw it for a little while until it, it really dropped off. Now I saw some, you know, some people commented like, "Oh yeah, well you know, way when the sticky stuff went away, blah blah blah," and I'm going, "No, if you look at it, if you look at the percentages year over year, it really kind of started right around the time." Uh, he spent some time on the, well, you know, where well, he missed quite a bit of time with uh, an elbow surgery and then went through a revamped, uh, mechanics on his delivery. Do you think that is it, is it those mechanics, the new, uh, short shortened, uh, windup and throw that he has now, do you think that plays a role in his usage of his wipeout curve because it's non-existent these days. I would
0: say that it probably definitely there – there is definitely something with that uh, being the reasoning because I would think that with the pitch tunneling, uh, trying to throw a curveball as opposed to uh, a slider or a changeup or a fastball, um, the way that you would have to come over the top to get uh, a 12-6 curveball is going to look different Uh, to a hitter so that might be a little bit easier to telegraph especially with major league hitters with how advanced their eyes are that they can see spins on baseballs for crying out loud um i would think that they might be able to pick up on the uh the difference in angle on the hand uh for that uh specific purpose um and i know that he's huge into pitch tunneling and uh you know trying to get everything coming from the exact same spot Oh, Grimtall, hey. thanks for every sub. 11 months, holy crap. Almost a year. Keeping us honest.
1: Jeez Lord. Grimtall, keeping us honest. Thank you, sir. Here. Thanks, that buddy.
0: Awesome. Um, What's up, nerds? Well, uh, we're just <laughs> over here being uh, White Sox baseball nerds, you know? Um, sitting here talking about uh, all sorts of stuff that uh, ultimately in the grand scheme of our lives does not really matter, but here we are um half a tank of gas for Danny's race car. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, how about uh, all 11 months is half a tank of gas for his race car?
1: I, I think that's what he was getting at. Yeah. I, how I think how that's much exactly what he was getting at? There. How much a gallon is is
0: that uh is that uh fuel, that racing fuel?
1: Uh you know what? I have not made it out to the track yet this year, so I could not tell you for sure. But generally the last couple of years it's about a bottom buck and a half to two bucks more than it is at the pumps uh and you will not find 87 at the racetrack if you know what i mean so uh i think usually the lowest grade is like 91 like okay but we do we you know you'll see 93 and you know above quite often out there so it does get quite expensive for mm. especially what we do you know we're doing uh, endurance racing so we're racing you know, four, 14, 16 hours total Ugh. over over the course of a weekend. And we're beating the crap out of a 1996 Lincoln Mark 8. So, you know, you can imagine what that car goes through and what the what the gas mileage looks like.
0: Is there, is there uh, you know, like uh, halfway through the uh, lap, is there like an Oasis exit where you can stop and pick up some McDonald's sure. for 14 sure. hours? Holy cow.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's... It, most of these tracks are you know in the rough area of like two to two and a half miles and uh you know you're just going around these laps and you know imagine yourself per se like uh you know when you were a kid playing the uh, the old uh stand-up arcade like Yokozuka games you know what I mean the it, the, the road course <laughs> that yeah exactly the old stand-up version of pole position, you know, it was kind of those, those roads are kind of like that. There are left and right, left and right straightaways and hairpin turns, the whole nine yards. And yeah, you're beating the crap out of yourself. You're beating your crap out of your car and you're beating the crap out of your wallet. So there you
0: go. Grimtall says the stage <laughs> three tune on my car requires E30, which is not cheap. Yeah. No kidding.
1: No kidding. Hey, up, Pusher? Pusher, Robot? good evening.
0: <clears throat> good to see you. Ian and I were the kings of Street Fighter at Wheaton Bowl. Yeah, I did Street Fighter 2 and then uh Mortal Kombat and then Killer Instinct. I I jammed out on all those things. A little, I uh, as well, man. Yeah, a little NBA jam and some uh NHL Center Ice and uh, all sorts of good stuff. I enjoyed all those all those mid-90s uh midway classics and Capcom classics. Oh, so good. Take, All the Neo Geos. Oh, Neo Geos, King of the King of the Ring, or what was it, uh, King of Fighters? Sorry for taking yes. this way off baseball. My bad. <laughs> no, oh, big hey deal. man,
1: <coughs> keeping it fresh, keeping it real, so fresh and so real.
0: Jimmy Lambert, maybe for the save tonight. Uh, Grimtall, I'm going to say that it's going to be Joe Kelly. We've been just talking about this for a little while, um, but you know, you never know. It could be a Jim Bob save special. We'll see. Um, oh. but I kind of think it'll be jokely, but, uh, we'll see. Um,
1: I hope it's Joe Kelly over, uh, Mr. Lambert. No offense to Jimmy Lambert, but I'd rather see Joe Kelly in that situation. I think
0: Jim Bob. Yeah. Um, Jim Bob. yeah. Yeah. For those of you that do not know that, uh, Jimmy Lambert's nickname given to him by, uh, Dylan Cease. So every time anybody says Jimmy Lambert, I, Can't help but say Jim Bob because I love the fact that Jimmy Lambert's nickname is Jim Bob. um, Makes Jim Bob makes no sense, um, you know, geographically for where he came from. But uh, so, guys, since I just got here, is this the real Andrew Vaughn? Um, We talked about this uh, very briefly earlier. um, Because it is jokily. all right, let's go, Joe. Bring it, dog. Um, we talked about it briefly earlier. Uh, you know, one of the things that me and Danny had talked about uh, quite a bit was the fact that we thought that Andrew Vaughn could benefit from some time in the minors. Um, and, you know, here he is without that time in the minors, and he's – smoking the ball is hitting really, really well. I think he's four for four tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, with a dinger. Yeah. I think he's a triple shy of the cycle. Um, which I hope he doesn't get a chance to, uh, to, uh, continue it. Um, oof, Joe Kelly. Um, I, you know, I was of the opinion that Andrew Vaughn should get some time in the minors. Um, because of the way that last year ended now I thought that they should have sent him down last year when he was hitting two fifteen for you know three months to end the season last year um but you know i he's come out this year and it looks like it might have just been a fatigue issue is that you know because it was the longest uh season of his career and the fact that he was coming back after twenty twenty and that's you know a huge step up from 60 games to 162 um, that that might've just been the exact reason. Um, yeah. His, his splits are not bad at all. Um, Grimtall says he was pretty rough against right-handed pitching last year. Yeah. He was especially, especially in the last couple months of the year, he was awful. Yeah. Last, for the last month couple and a half months. was just, Oh, Oh, Joe Filthy. Kelly. Whew.
1: Absolutely filthy. He's so good
0: when he finds <laughs> the spots. Anyway, um, yeah, but you oh. know, just his his splits are are fairly even Do this you- year. He's hitting really, really well. Which you know, it's one of those things. You know, now we see his splits, and it, you look at the the lineups. You know, when they were facing a right-handed pitcher, and then Andrew Vaughn sitting. You know, just because, because uh, you know,
1: just because handedism. <laughs>
0: Because uh, handedness is uh, is uh, apparently one of the more important things when constructing a lineup. You must go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, um, righty to finish it off. I think I think that's nine. Um, and uh, yeah, it's you know AJ Pollock leading off, regardless of whether it's a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter, just doesn't seem to matter. Uh, he he has been on a. Uh, a heater in
1: the yes. last couple Gr- of weeks. Grimsall points out that he's had some uh, he's had some protection in the lineup, which is also help. going to help, <laughs> I, you Imagine. know. And it, that's that's something that we've talked about here. It deserves to be talked about again. Uh, we did talk about it just briefly earlier in the show tonight, but uh, just the fact that the, the lineups have consistently made more sense, you know, even if they're still not perfect per se you know what is the perfect lineup i don't really know but they make sense when you've got your top six or seven guys batting in the top six or seven spots and you got your top four guys who are just producing day in and day out and uh you know that definitely does help quite a bit i I agree that uh vaughn getting some protection uh and him being pitched to the way that he would like to be pitched to is, is definitely Uh, probably doing something for him but you know he seems to love hitting out of that two spot so hey you know what the heck man leave him there Uh, i have no problem with that you know everybody was saying for the longest time that Luis robert is the prototypical two hitter but uh you know i'm not mad about him hitting a three hole I i think the power will start to come back here now uh he's been hitting the ball on the screws a lot lately uh and his average is is up again his uh his OPS is up again, and I think the power is going to come. So leave leave Andrew in the two spot for now because uh, he's doing well, and, and Luis seems to be embracing the three spot. Jose moving from the three to the four more consistently this year. It seems to be benefiting him the last month or so with, oh, I don't know, consistent lineups. So, you know, again, we talk about it a lot, but funny how that works out. This team starts to catch fire offensively when you see it.
0: Yeah, he brings up uh what's going on with Maguire. He's hitting like an everyday player. You know, the thing is is that normally if you look at his stats, he's not a terrible terrible hitter. He's not good, but you know, 240. So if, you know, he's going to go streaking, he'll have a he'll have a week or two where he's going to, you know, hit like 350 for a couple of weeks and then he'll probably slow down again for a couple of weeks. Um, well has he ever really played as much in his career as he has lately? Uh I think I mean he did with uh with Toronto uh beforehand. Um not as not as an everyday everyday, I guess, which right now, um yeah, I mean I guess Sebi did catch uh Giolito. Which actually, now that I bring that up with how terrible Giolito did the other day, um you know, people were clamoring for uh Sebi Zavala when Grandal was on the team. And uh, they were saying, Oh, Sebi Zavala is so much better, which I, I do not agree with. Um and now he's You're catching, not alone. He's catching for Giolito and Giolito's gotten torched. Um I don't know. You know, uh if you look at the uh guys who are gaining and losing strikes for their pitchers, uh the web slinger back there has been doing pretty stinking good. So I kind of wonder, you know, do we really want, uh,
1: yes. is that, he is it, that one? Oh, uh, that one to stinking that ca- one screen. Kevin
0: Biggio hitting one ninety-six.
1: Yeah. Well, that one leaked <sighs> back across the plate. Oh, yeah, it, it did. And, uh, yeah. Oof had it stayed, had it stayed in the tunnel that where it left its hand and probably does not go out, but that one leaked right back into the heart of the zone and. Oh yeah. I mean, that's damn near middle, middle. It's not good. What we
0: rag on Han for a lot of things, but what a steal. Yeah. McGuire has been, yeah. I mean, defensively he's been good and, uh, you know, offensively he's actually started to do some things and, uh, I didn't figure that he would hit like 150 for the entire season this year, so it's not really a surprise to me that he's at least gone on a uh, a semi productive uh, run here as of last. Uh, was Giolito getting hit? Yes, Giolito was getting hit. He's uh, yeah, home runs and uh, you know, I think one of what was one of them to the Crawford boxes. Yes, I think the other ones were you know Apo Taco. Uh Brantley was uh Brantley hit one to uh right field. And it was uh it was not a cheapy. Um Jordan yeah, Alvarez I hit one as well, which was also not a cheapy.
1: Nice play. Uh I think you know, Josh Harrison's really had a couple of web gems tonight. He can but, uh he anyway can field.
0: If he can just hit yeah, you know, two
1: sixty, we'd be fine. I mean, him, the one him diving flat out in the hole earlier in the game was, uh, I mean, that's a shut on it, shut on it, you yeah. know. SC top but, 10. But, uh, you know, th- just getting back to Giolito, I think, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if you guys, you know, in the chat or you, Ian, are seeing anything in, you know, uh, other than what I'm about to say, I'm seeing anything that refutes this, but. He has fallen, and, and maybe it's not just him, but, you know, his catchers, the, the pitching coach, he just and he seems to be overusing that change. And we all know that's a White Sox winner, baby, baby. But, uh, you know, his change, as good as it is, I think batters are now sitting on it because yeah. they know it's coming. He's using it so much that they're just going to sit back and wait till they get that change, and they're going to tee him up. Yeah, well, I mean, you
0: also look at the fact that his velocity hasn't been quite as consistent. I mean, you know, last game I think he hit 96 sometimes, but, like, it's sitting a little bit lower than that, if I remember correctly. Um, And, uh, yeah, his change – I mean, they're yeah, they're definitely sitting on changeup, and um, that's the problem with him being a two-pitch pitcher. Like, he has been so much this year – um the lack of that put away slider or a curveball you know just the the lack of that pitch and being able to find feel for that pitch makes it so they can sit on it because if it's you know the odds of the pitch are pretty much like uh 50-50 cuz you're not going to see a breaking ball very often so y- if you guess change up you're going to be right like probably 60 percent of the yeah. time almost you and know? he's
1: using that change up at the top of the zone as his out pitch too which a lot of these guys are going to get a good piece of wood on the bat when you're throwing that you know you're going from 95 96 down to you know 90 at the top of the zone uh you're gonna get touched up it's it's it is what it is, and I think they just might need to work on a little bit different of an approach and a game plan for him when he's up there throwing. Uh, and then you know, like you said, there's got to be there, you have to have an off-speed breaking pitch. You can't throw a straight change and think that's going to be you know for a starter. For a starter, you got to have a, a mix. And if he can't find the slider, which seems to be the case, I mean the slider. So when it's on, it's on. It's it's fantastic, but he can't consistently seem to find it uh and if that slider isn't working then he's he's really he becomes that two-pitch pitcher where it's fastball change up fastball change up and like you said all you have to do is sit back and wait for that change it's 50 50 guess you're either going to get beat by the fastball but you know at some point he's going to throw that change and you're at bat i don't think i've ever seen him throw or well i shouldn't say ever but it's far and few between where he makes it through an entire at bat without throwing at least one of those
0: yeah i mean i think i uh, there was uh McCann got him throwing the chain I think he had him call a changeup like four straight times or something like that and Giolito thought it was insane, but he went with it and it ended up working out. Um the problem is, is that now when he's throwing two or three change ups, you know, like probably two changeups to every fastball, it's not working. You know, no. and if you can't find the strike zone with your with your slider, even with the even with the you know, a get me over breaking ball. That's that's an issue, you know, and he says yeah. it's mechanical and, you know, I'm not going to say that that's not true. Um,
1: no, you I mean, would have to think it is true because there are times when it's on and it's ridiculous. It's just not – it's it's off more than it's on this season.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, I. you know, it's – yeah, that's a tough one. Um, tomorrow uh, – White Sox win 8-7 to seven tonight. Uh, we've got Kevin Gaussman versus Dylan Cease tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, uh, see if Cease can come back out and um, improve on what he's been doing. Um, hopefully the offense continues to consistently put up runs because I, I have to say I'm pretty happy with the way things have gone in the last couple of weeks. And the fact that they still managed to, you know, keep up, you know, other than that that Giolito start where they lost uh what is thirteen to three?
1: Thirteen to nothing.
0: Oh yeah, 13-3, yeah. They you know other than that game I mean I guess I guess they scored three and three then because they lost four to three on Sunday. But on Saturday, you know they did win seven what, seven nothing. So seven nothing
1: yeah.
0: Yeah so I mean you know and I would like to see the offense continue to put up some runs. And by put up runs, I I don't mean three to nothing because we've been watching three run baseball for pretty much the whole season, other than the last couple of weeks. So it would be nice to see some additional runs scored. Absolutely. Um, I know that uh, Cease's uh, what is he? He's ranked like what, like third or fourth or something in K's, or at least he was. Uh, Gaussman's like probably a dozen strikeouts behind him. Uh but their ERAs are fairly similar. I think it's like three point two for Gaussman and then like two point nine for Cease. So should be a uh a pitching battle tomorrow. And we'll see which team manages to get mm-hmm. to which starter because I I would be shocked if it's a another four to three or three to two game. And if it yeah. if it is the White Sox, generally have been coming in on the losing end of that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the one takeaway that I have from the last couple weeks, and let, let's not even say that, just the last few days, uh, you know, the Justin Verlander's that have given the White Sox fits in the past, and now uh, tonight we see Jose Barrios. Which I mean, you want to talk about fits? That that might be the one pitcher that sticks out the most for me over the last five or six years here. It's the, the guy that really uh, seems to be the the craw that sticks with the in the, you know in the White Soxes. And, and they came out with a good approach. They made him throw the ball a lot in the first few innings, and they put good wood on the bat. They they hit the ball where it was pitched, and they chased them. Good wood on the you bat. Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> put good wood <laughs> on the ball. You know, yeah, that thing. That, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so uh, but, you know, they they chased Jose Barrios instead of Jose Barrios just coasting, uh, which is nice to see from this team. You know, and again, Justin Verlander gets touched up early the other day, and uh, he gets sent back in. You know, to see the White Sox come out and do these things against tough pitching after watching them be dominated by some uh, lesser pitchers early on in the season, uh, very encouraging. Very encouraging.
0: Yeah, uh yeah, uh Grimtal says that Bereas has been uh terrible for the Jays. And I'll say this, he has not been terrible. He hasn't been great. Uh his ERA is five eleven currently, uh, and his whip is one point three one. So he hasn't been great, but the one thing is is that he's been healthy and he's always been there uh for them this year so far um i don't well you
1: know what he hasn't been great his entire career but he's always been great against the Sox. he has been generally and up until good. this point
0: yeah up until <laughs> I, I will say probably like in the last two years the white Sox have dealt with him pretty well actually uh i think right. actually quite a bit of that has to do with uh luis robert but uh speaking of terrible you see what keichel has been up to I did see that Keuchel is, uh, got demoted to the ACL by the Diamondbacks.
1: I saw that as well.
0: You know, <laughs> Grimtall was not here for our, uh, our Josh, Donaldson, Josh Donaldson appreciation session. Um, so maybe I might have to bring that back. I mean, I can edit. As I was going
1: to say, let's bring that video back up. I'll edit not? it in post. There you go, Edit there. it in post. Yeah, no, this is definitely worth another watch.
0: You know, with uh, old Dallas Keuchel, I don't feel uh, bad for him, uh, considering how he kind of threw all of his teammates under the bus. So I can't be, I can't feel bad for the guy. Um, post link in the chat. No, no, no. I'll, uh, I'm going
1: I'm to put it. He's going to bring it uh, up right here. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna just going to play it. Oh. You, you just you just hate to see it. Right off the ribs. And then he breaks the bat. Doinks himself Move with him the bat. The Donaldson
1: has some really what a good cry, up. Here.
0: Yeah. Not a fan and uh but uh yeah. Josh Donaldson. Not my favorite guy. Uh so we we enjoyed that for about uh 10 minutes earlier watching him get uh, the rib tickler there and um yeah just uh good stuff
1: what a chode he says what a chode Chode. it might be the best thing i've seen in this chat yet (laughs) what a chode
0: chode. yeah i i can't uh i can't disagree um yeah and you know on the same side of the same coin uh dallas keichel yeah not uh not upset to see him uh get demoted to the ACL, which is below single-A baseball. To get demoted to the ACL, you have to you have to be
1: trash to, you know, to and get this demoted. Is the same guy, this is the same guy that was trying to convince everybody that he had been working on some stuff, and he was figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got, don't worry, guys. I got it all figured out. I know what I'm doing wrong. It's just a matter of time.
0: I'm sure he's doing a lot of teaching in the ACL about winning culture. Yes. Tell us, tell us, uh, take us to the promised land, Dallas Keuchel going to take the, uh, the diamondbacks to the promised land. Although I will say, um, so at the Kane County Cougars, uh, one of mine and my son's favorite players that was on the Kane County Cougars, um, before they were so, uh, rudely contracted, uh, by MLB. Uh, one of our favorite players was Buddy Kennedy, which I don't know if you saw that yesterday. Did you happen to see that he hit his uh, first home run la- yesterday for the, uh, for the Diamondbacks? I mean, not that you would even think about why that would be important at all, but it was a grand I don't, slam. I have no idea
1: who Buddy Kennedy is, to be honest with you. Yeah. Buddy <laughs>
0: Kennedy, um, you know, he's a pretty good player. You know, he was, a, I think he was in the top 30 for the, uh, the D backs at one point um decent hitter uh first base third base kind of guy um and he hit a home run yesterday and it was a his first home run and it was a grand slam so uh oddly enough uh I don't believe that there was forty five minutes of coverage about what the kid was asking for when he caught buddy Kennedy's first home run being that grand slam I don't think that they devoted like thirty forty minutes of uh national coverage to it to find out what he was bartering for. Uh, Justin Verlander signed Jersey. Holy crap. Was that annoying? (laughs) All right. We get it. The kid caught the home run ball. He's trying to get some stuff. Can we just be over this now? Holy cow. I mean, they're sitting here following the guy down the hallway with the baseball. I have the baseball. Ooh, look, I have the baseball. It's the first home run ball. Like, okay. I don't, I don't, I mean, is, is Manischewitz, is he going to be a good, a good, uh, whatever, whatever his name is? Uh, is he, is he going to be, you know, are like, they looking for him to be hall of fame? I mean, are we looking at Mike Trout's first home run? I don't think so. You know, it's like, what are we doing here? People. Just uh oh Lord, more ESPN and uh, national coverage of the White Sox. I mean, just it is never ending. Every time the White Sox are on national TV, it is one of the most painful broadcasts I have ever seen. It never fails, never. Apple TV, terrible. Uh, actually I, I will yeah. say that yeah. that uh the Red Sox uh at the Red Sox um peacock sunday morning because Benetti was on there with with uh with Steve Stone and Kevin Eucalyptus that was listenable because Benetti is a professional and he works with Steve Stone all the time and Eucalyptus actually yeah he's not horrible yeah he can give you some tidbits you know,
1: Duke is not—he's not terrible. He's a Greek god of he's walks. Not. Greek god of walks. Yeah, I'm happy to uh, report that uh, Friday evening for the uh, Apple TV broadcast, I uh, I spent the evening at the Saint Daniel uh, Carnival over on the uh, Southwest side. So, you know, over in uh, the old uh, Garfield Bridge, if you will, my. Yeah, nice. uh, my stomping grounds over there where i grew up so you know uh i was like well it's gonna be an apple tv broadcast i do not even care that i can download the app and get this thing for free i'm just gonna go and uh not pay attention whatsoever and then uh you know kind of looked at my phone glance at it once or twice and saw the score it went from like a tie ball game at three to three to like you know, ridiculous, out of control in like five minutes. It seemed thirteen like. to three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh you know, I. Uh, it was kind of happy to be inebriated while listening to a, a band from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hmm. He hauled up over there. So, very nice smashing, smashing tacos and Triano's pizza. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so. Doing a little uh, Andrew Vaughn interview post game. Four for four, two run scored, home run, two RBIs. It's
1: a decent. Yeah, it's, a, it's a decent night.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see him uh, see him doing the thing and uh, not looking like uh, he's just completely lost out there like he was for the last couple of months. And uh, Trace Thompson alert. Trace Thompson alert. Where's Trace Thompson? My know, my
1: uh, my intrigue is peaked.
0: Yeah, I know that we have a uh, Daniel Polka uh, alert as Daniel, well. He's Daniel uh, B. Yeah, he's getting called up for the Mets. He's been uh, been crushing it out there. Oh, Trace Thompson's now a Dodger. Very nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, in the T A thing too. It's his first game back after the whole groin thing. I you know. If they're if he's leaning just a little bit and they're gonna throw at him like maybe he needs to shorten that lead by a half a step until he's you know feeling like he's you know ready to go ahead and beat Tim Anderson again because it's been a big part of his game you know running distracting pitchers over there talking in their ears and dangling his hands all over the place and doing the dance over there at first base and you know if they're gonna throw at you over there you're he, I don't know. He you may not want to push it getting back to the bag. And when you do, you push it a little too much and you I like you said you slide past the bag, you pull yourself off a little bit. So I'm not real mad at him for that. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Um as uh the old WGN uh pairing, Alan Ed used to say, the groin is a terrible thing to pull. Um so and I have to agree with that. Um, You have to dive back. Baseball 101. Eh, well, he was safe by about like three feet. So uh, I don't know. It happens, I guess. I agree. They need to clean things up.
1: Um, You know, this team has been lacking on fundamentals all season. There have been moments where it looks like it's cleaning up a little bit. There have been other moments where you think, ah, it's getting better, and then it doesn't. I don't want to harp on it too much cuz we've spent countless hours on those kinds of things. I'm just ready to move on, you know. Let's talk about uh let's talk about that offense like we've been talking about all night long. Let's talk about those uh pitching woes, but yet the Johnny Cuetos. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things this team can clean up. At the same time, uh they are moving in the right direction and really right now Uh, my only concern is, you know, like we talked about earlier, let's get Aloy healthy before we try to push him back too early. And, uh, let's see what this lineup can do together as, as a whole, you know, I would have liked to seen Danny Mendick in the lineup tonight with all the things that he's been doing for this team playing second base. But at the same time, I got to say, Josh Harrison has been, uh, he's been getting a little bit hotter at the plate and he had a couple of really nice web gems out there in the field. Hits himself a dinger, saves a couple of runs on some on some really good plays. I, you know, can't be mad about it at all. So,
0: yep, I have to agree. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, yes, there are fundamental issues with this team. We've known that for a while, um, but you know, the 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 fundamental issues become less apparent, or not necessarily less apparent, but uh, less of a big deal when you can manage to score more than two or three runs, you know, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, while, while I'm not exactly happy about, uh, you know, about that situation, you know, the, the situations that have been brought up, um, you know, I'm still happy to see them scoring some runs. Um, yes. And they're, they're hitting dingers
1: at home. They're hitting dingers at home all of a sudden. Yeah, Three home runs tonight at home. Uh, you know, that was something that's been missing from their offense all season long. They couldn't hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, you know, the, when they weren't hitting dingers at home tonight, they left a few on the, on the warning track. So, you know, maybe that discussion we had about wind patterns and, you know, as the season rolls on, maybe the wind patterns will change a little bit. Maybe the consistent lineup, guys being protected. But balls are flying a little bit better for this team as well, too. So, you know, got to love to see that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, so that one thing that I brought up a couple couple streams ago about uh, Josh Harrison and his line drive situation. Yeah, I
1: remember that conversation.
0: Yeah, so guess what he's batting on liners this season? 800. Wow. Wow. He is 12 for 15 when he hits a line drive.
1: Well, there you go. Just got to keep the ball out of the dirt.
0: I mean, I don't even, you know, on grounders, he's hitting one seventy six, which, you know, whatever. That's, that's going to be what it is. My issue is the, uh, the fly balls, you know, which, I mean, I know that he hit a home run today. That's great. Very happy for you. Mm -hmm. Um, the fact of the matter is, is, that he's not a home run hitter, and with this baseball, he's not going to hit his uh, his normal four or five home runs this year, probably, unless it's a mistake line drive, you know, where it just happens to have like a a slightly better trajectory because he gets under it a little bit. Um, he should be hitting line drives and ground balls, and that's it. And yet, I still see him trying to hit the ball in the air. Stop doing that, Josh Harrison. Line drives, pal. Line drives. You're hitting 800 when you hit a line drive. For crying out yeah. loud,
1: dude. You're not a launch angle guy. Knock it off.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Like, dude, no matter what you do, you're not going to be that. You're not that guy, pal. Uh, he's got a 129 WRC plus in June.
1: No more Leary, Grimtall says. Yeah, we've been fortunate what? enough to not see a whole lot of him here lately because he's, uh, you know, dealing with some ailments, according to the Hall of Famer baseball person. But uh, you can't argue player. with the results. You can't argue with the results of I mean, he's not in the lineup here lately. It's weird, right? Like he gets uh, like pseudo injured, uh, doesn't
0: play for a few days, and can't get on the field. And the White Sox are scoring. You know, he's not
1: coming up Seven, and killing rallies. Up. Um yeah, I, uh, well, he can't, you know, if you're not in the game, you can't lead off. So there's that,
0: <laughs> you know, I'm sure that, this is my uh, astute
1: observation for the evening, he'll
0: figure out, a, you know, Tony will figure out a way he is a uh, very, uh, persistent and, um, he'll figure it out. You'll see when, uh, Josh Harrison hits a line drive, he has a 474 WRC plus.
1: Wow. 474. That is absolutely amazing.
0: I mean there has to be, you know, like obviously there is some uh unsustainable BABIP going on there. Of course. Um having an 800 BABIP on online drives. But what I'm saying here is is that clearly this is what he should like. This this trying to drive the ball with power. Just hit line drives, man. That's it. That's what I tell my kid. Just hit line drives, and everything else will work itself out.
1: Yeah, you might run into a dinger every now and again. Exactly. If you drive. With, but if you don't, who cares? You're on base. Exactly. You're you're driving in other runners. We're not leaving guys to hang out to dry. All these left on base. Oh, man. I mean that's been a that's been a, a thorn in my side all season long. Watching this team just leave guys on base, and uh, unfortunately, it's uh, more often than not, it's it's the usual suspects that are doing it. And, and you know, like you said, just go out there and hit the damn line drive. That's just hit it. the line drive. I mean, you know, I know it's probably easier said than done. Obviously, like you say, there's some unsustainable babble in there. But when you it, you you know it 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 has become obvious. Hey, Colty. Uh, it has become oh, obvious goalie. that uh, you know he's he does have that kind of uppercut swing at times where he looks like he's trying to you know be a launch angle hitter. And that's home not man derby. his game. It's not his game.
0: Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't understand why he why he's like dropping his back shoulder and like trying to launch the ball, dude. You're like five eight. And, like, 180 pounds, like, with not that great a bat speed and certainly not that kind of power. Like, what are we doing here? Hit a line drive, get on base, and for crying out loud, you've got a 474 WRC plus when you hit a line drive. Why would you try and do anything else? Thanks for coming in and hanging out, guys. I appreciate it. Um, We had some fun talking here. I know that the baseball game was on, so it – Pulled away some of the uh, viewerships and uh, f- and friends away from here. But uh, thanks for popping in afterwards. And, um, you know, every Monday at 9 p.m., me and the Danny Miller are here at twitch.tv slash White Sox Daily. You can find all of our stuff at Daily White Sox on Twitter. Uh, there is whitesoxdaily.substack.com there's also a facebook group we have a youtube page that you can find uh, if you search for us and uh, the the link is far too difficult to uh to remember so i'm not even gonna try but it's in the header on our twitter account uh i am at iskridge on twitter uh danny is at danny miller wsd on the twitters you got anything uh to say here danny on the way out
1: no, I just want to say thank you, as usual, to all our devoted uh, watchers of the stream and listeners of the pod. Uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate seeing the growth that we have uh, achieved, especially over the last couple months on the on the twitters. So, thank you for that. Uh, keep sharing, keep retweeting, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Sounds good. We'll see you guys here next
0: week, 9 p.m. on the uh, Twitch.tv backslash. White Sox Daily. My name is Ian Eskridge, and for my co-host, the Danny Miller, thanks for coming in tonight, guys. We appreciate it. Have a great night.